our appointed minister tonight is our own elder, Dominique Bomonte, who is also our youth pastor. So put your hands together for Elder Bomonte as he comes and breaks the bread of life. God bless you. Join me for a word of prayer. Father God, tonight we thank you for your goodness and for your mercy. We thank you, Father God, for another opportunity to worship with the saints and to be in your house. We thank you, God, for our pastor and leader and our first lady uh, and all those that are assembled tonight. We pray, Father God, that you would do all the speaking and that your word would come through with clarity and boldness and that, God, you would be glorified and that those of the sound of my voice and those joining us on social media would be edified in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Would you just help me by just praising and magnifying the Lord just for a few seconds? Hallelujah. The Spirit of the Lord is in this place. And let's just give God a praise. God, thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for keeping us. Thank you for covering us. Thank you for being our Lord and our Savior. God, you are worthy of the praise. You are worthy of the praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We give honor and deference to Pastor. We thank God for Pastor Tolliver uh, and our beautiful First Lady. We thank God for her. And we thank God for all the preachers, teachers, and reachers, Elder Smith. Praise God. We thank God for you. We're going uh, to the word of the Lord, um, which will be found tonight in 1 Samuel, the first chapter, the 8th through the 17th verse, and I'm going to ask you um, if you will, in respect for the word, uh, stand as we will share that. It is 1 Samuel, the first chapter, the 8th verse through the 17th verse. 1 Samuel, the 8th through the 17th verse. Then said Elkanah, her husband to her, Hannah, why weepest thou, and why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? Am I not better to thee than ten sons? So Hannah rose up after they had eaten, they had eaten in Shiloh, and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon the seat by the post of the temple of the Lord. And when he was in, and she was in bitterness of soul, and prayed unto the Lord, and wept sore. And she vowed a vow, and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thy handmaid, and remember me, and not forget thine handmaid, but wilt give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall be no razor come upon his head. And it came to pass, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli marked her mouth. Now, Hannah, she spake in her heart. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunken, 
And Eli said unto her, How long wilt thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. And Hannah said, answered and said, No, my lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful heart. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not thine handmaiden for a daughter of Belial. For out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy request that thou hast asked of him. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. You may be seated. I am a fourth-generation member of the Church of God in Christ. I joined the Progressive Church of God in Christ 15 years ago when I was 25 years old. I'm 40 today. 41 this month, praise God. The Lord delay is coming. I attend about 99% of everything that happens here. Probably see me if you do as well. I have a bachelor's degree and a master's degree in counseling. Working on my second master's degree in divinity. I am also led to share with you that I struggle with depression. Let me rewind what I said. I come to all the services. I'm saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. I speak in tongues as the Spirit gives utterance. My homies over there probably have heard me going forth. I love the Lord with all my heart, but I struggle with depression. Can I be honest with you all tonight and talk to you a little bit from this subject, hope for another season. Hope for a new season. I uh, learned that I had a struggle with depression in about 2010. Uh, I had this... Um, proclivity or this tendency to, uh, when the football game was over, go to the Best Buy. And I didn't understand it. I just thought that when my team didn't win, I would 
buy as many electronics as I could think of. I just thought that it was a way that I would cope. Now, some of you have been saved longer than I have, so this might, uh, in comparison to your testimony, be a shock, but in comparison to you, I might be a recovering alcoholic because when I was in college and after college, I had an interest in drinking alcohol when I was stressed. So I would drink and buy technology and play video games for hours and hours and hours. I didn't know that it was a depression because I'm saved. And I grew up in church, and you never heard them talk. How many of you have ever heard a message about depression? How many of you have ever heard somebody talk about the, the darkness of depression in church? It's rare. In fact, we often, from my perspective, use some scripture inappropriately to make people feel guilty about being depressed. I see some of your heads nodding. So the church has a challenge with depression. I want you to uh, remember, put a little bookmark in what I've already said, because I'm going to come back to it. My mother is a severe schizophrenic. Uh, she uh, began to deal with mental illness when I was born. I'm her firstborn child. She has um, dealt with schizophrenia all of my life. She um, is a manic depressant. Um, and as you can imagine, growing up around her, you pick up some of the things that you see her doing. Her mannerisms, her behavior, her uh, 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 addressing uh, uh, people who are not present, uh, her talking to herself on a regular basis. And so um, I, I, I began to learn uh, about the darkness of depression through the experience of my mother. And I want to, uh, I'm sharing this not because uh, I uh, want to um, invite people to feel sorry for me or to think that they need to, you know, send me a candle and some, some tea. I'm sharing this because um, I think that we have to be honest about the impact of depression in the church. Let me talk to you a little bit about what my goal is for tonight in the moments that we have remaining. I want to uh, note that I believe that Jesus has a deep care and concern about your mental health. I want to um, share with you that I believe that we can combat depression through faith. Now, I've got to tell you that when I was 
preparing for this message and I was looking at the, the, the many articles and there was a lot of articles that talked about how um, the church has been dogmatic or problematic in their response to depression because they usually say, well, just pray about it, daughter, or just pray about it, son, or you'll, 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 you'll be all right. And the church has been, uh, or prayer, if you will, has been given a bad reputation when it comes to mental health. You, you, let me give you this example. You'll note that when, uh, for instance, people experience cancer, uh, nobody ever says, don't pray that God will heal you from cancer. They just say that God is able to do it, and they uh, encourage you to go to chemotherapy and to do whatever is necessary that, so that the Lord can use those tools to heal you. Well, why is it that when we talk about the illness of depression, there is only one way to pursue healing? That's a question. Why is it that that, that, that we question the, 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 the power of God to heal depression just because he's God? Why do we challenge only this particular illness and we separate it from so many other illnesses that we trust God and the doctor? Do you hear what I'm saying? So this evening, I want to tell you that God's word can generate hope that moves us from faith to action in our pursuit of good mental health. I want us to understand that the power of hope can help Christians as well minister to the needs of those who are experiencing mental health deficiencies and difficulties. What is depression? It is a feeling of despondency or rejection. It is known as a mental condition characterized by a feeling of severe despondency or dejection, typically also with feelings of inadequacy and guilt, often accompanied by a lack of energy and a disturbance of appetite and sleep. I did the, the math here, and uh, I found some very compelling uh, statistics that said that um, of most crowds of individuals of more than 21 people, there are at least three people who have experienced mental health issues and have uh, participated in taking medication of sorts. Let me uh, tell you about some of the misconceptions, uh, particularly in the church around depression, that it is a sin. You probably heard people uh, create a narrative that depression is somehow a result of a punishment from God. You might have heard people say that it will go away simply by just praying alone. I want you to consider the following statistics that I'm going to share. 17 million people have had a depressive episode this year, according to the National Institute of Mental Health. Women, according to the Center for Disease Control, are more likely to experience a depressive episode than men. 
think about this within the context of the people in your family, the people that you go to church with. Children ages 12 to 17 have the highest rate of depression followed by young adults 18 to 25 years old, according to the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Association, the research that they did in 2018. You probably won't be surprised to learn that depression rose from 9.4% to 21% amongst college students between the years of 2013 and 2018, according to the Journal of Adolescent Health. 70 to 80% of all women experience some form of postpartum depression that happens after giving birth to children, according to the American Pregnancy Association. Well, what about the church? According to a study done by Duke University, they found that 11% of all pastors struggle with depression. If that's not enough, a similar study was done that found out that between the years of 2013 and 2018, that number tripled. Now, this is all information that comes uh, before the pandemic hit. What kinds of depression are there? There is uh, perinatal depression that happens during the pregnancy. There is seasonal uh, affective disorder, which generally impacts older saints. I'm talking to the church, so I'm going to use the word saints. There is situational depression or sports-related depression that comes as a result of, 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 of losing or winning or isolated events that happen in our life. Then there is manic depression or bipolar uh, situations. There are also uh, common treatments for uh, what is called depression are psychotherapy and prescriptive medication and all often a combination of them both. So what does that have to do with the experience of Hannah? I want to talk to you about her experience in the moments that I have left, but I want to share with you that my objective is not to negate the functionality of psychotherapy or prescription medication. I don't have that, that, that right or responsibility. I'm not a medical professional. I'm just a preacher of the gospel. But I want to share with you that my objective this evening is to draw some conclusions from the experience of Hannah. Hannah is the wife or one of two wives of Elkanah, and she is uh, a competitor with uh, Elkanah's second wife, Penina. And in this particular text, they are celebrating the Feast of Weeks or the Passover. And they are on their way uh, as a family to celebrate the Passover. Now, the Bible does not clearly say that Hannah has a depression problem, does not say Hannah is depressed. But examine with me these words. According to 1 Samuel 1 verse 6, it says that she had an adversary that provoked her and caused her to fret. 
Verse 7 says that year by year she cried and didn't eat. All right? Verse 7 says, or or verse 9 says that her husband perceived that her heart was grieved. Verse 10 says that she had a bitterness of soul. When she recounted her own experience, she said that she had uh, an affliction that impacted her life. And then in verse 15, she identifies herself as a woman with a sorrowful spirit. So Hannah had a few problems. If you want to uh, have a clear understanding of Hannah's life, uh, she had uh, some problems at home. She had a competitor as a result of polygamy who uh, believed that she was better than her because she had the ability to bear their husband children. So she had someone regularly provoking her. She had a husband in his arrogance, but also in his love, who misunderstood what her needs were. He said, aren't I good enough for you? Why do you want a child? Hannah had some cultural problems that impacted what I uh, would deem to be depression. That was polygamy. She had to compete with another woman in her household. Thank God that's over. Amen? Here at least. (laughs) She had infertility or the ability to carry a child. And then also she uh, was misinterpreted by people around her. When I look at the uh, symptoms associated with situational depression, I see some similarities. She was frequently crying. She was frequently sad. She had anxiety. She had appetite changes. And she um, had a physical physical, uh, demonstration of sadness and depression that was around her. But Hannah had a very interesting way of dealing with what she was going through. The Bible says that after they had traveled from Ramah to Shiloh, which is about 1,100 miles, she found herself in the temple. And the Bible said that she was crying and praying crying and praying, and she began to make a vow with the Lord. She said to the Lord, Lord, if you give me a child, I will raise him in the admonition. I will give him back to you. I will not cut his hair. He'll be, um, God, yours for life. And she prayed and she cried and she prayed and she cried. Even uh, Eli, the priest, thought she was crazy. He, 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 the, the, the scripture says that he, he, he seen her mouth moving, but he didn't hear anything. And he looked at her and he said to her, something must be wrong with you because you are talking to yourself. You must be drunk. How many of you know that, 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 that disappointment and, and hopelessness can be confused with a lot of different things? 
If you're honest with yourself, you have had some times when you have removed yourself from people because you didn't feel like talking or, 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 or being around people because you were dealing with the things that you were dealing with. Hannah was in a bad situation. She was sad and, 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 and didn't really know what to do. All that she wanted to do was birth a child. I want us to uh, pay close attention to the decisions that Hannah makes. She prays to the Lord for help. She makes her petition known to God. She believes that the only person that can help her with the status that she is in is God. She leaves the people um, who say they love her behind and she steals away to talk to the Lord. She, she, she comes in contact with someone who is misunderstanding what she's doing and she begins to tell him, actually, I'm not drunk. The, the, the reality is I'm dealing with depression because everybody around me is having chill, children. Everybody around me is, is, is living their best life. They've got cars and houses. They've got all this stuff, and I'm still struggling. I can't have a baby. She's, 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 uh, the, 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 her husband, the Bible says that he gives her um, the best of gifts, but even those gifts don't work because when she is, is thinking about what she wants to offer the world, she just wants to offer the world a baby. She wants to give her husband a child. And so she begins to tell Eli, this is what the problem is that I'm having. I'm having a problem because I cannot have a child. And Eli speaks to her. Hallelujah. And Eli says to her, well, I, I, I hear what you're saying. And he says to her, may the Lord grant your request. Now, let me just talk about that for a few minutes, the minutes that I have left. The Bible says that the disposition for which Hannah enters the temple is sad. But then the Bible says that when Hannah leaves the temple, she leaves glad. Now, she came into the temple without a baby. And she left the temple without a baby. What, 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 what could she be glad about? Did she uh, learn about a new version of in vitro? Did she, did she feel uh, uh, a leap in her womb? Did she all of a sudden start experiencing morning sickness? There is nothing in the scripture that gives us this idea or notion that as a result of what she does in the temple, she knows she's going to have a baby. So by all accounts, she should technically leave the way that she came. What is the difference between the Hannah that walked in the temple and the Hannah that left the temple? 
She heard the word. She, she heard the word. So, 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 if you, I know that they say that you cannot be delivered from depression by just going to church, but Hannah was depressed until she She heard the word. The, 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 the priest said, the Lord grant your request. And the result of her hearing that the Lord was able to do what she needed him to do changed her countenance. She was sad until she came in contact with the word. She was depressed until she came in contact with the word. Well, maybe that was just Hannah. That was back in the Bible days. Well, let me testify for myself. I, 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 the Lord blessed me and the pastor allowed me to go and preach on first Sunday in Vallejo. And I did what I could there, obeyed the Lord, came back. And I woke up on uh, Sunday morning or Monday morning, and I have been struggling with hearing. I can't hear well out of this ear. I don't know why. And I'm thanking God for his healing and his deliverance. And I got up that Monday morning. I called him sick and said I wasn't going to rolled over and turned on the computer. And I turned on my phone to watch the Sunday service that I missed. I fast forwarded to the message, just wanted to hear my pastor. No shade to whoever else was before him. Because I wanted to hear the word. The preacher said, don't cry, cry. You don't, you don't hear what I'm saying. I was depressed and tired and called in sick and turned on my phone and heard the word of the Lord that said, don't cry, cry. And guess what I did? I got up. Because the word changed my countenance. See, see, that's why Satan doesn't want us to come to church because once he knows that when we get here, something will happen. You cannot come here and be the same person that you came here as. You know, it, 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 it's not the preacher, it's the power of the word. Nobody, the, the scripture didn't, she, she, she didn't say, oh, well, you know, I, I went up to the temple and Eli was there and he, he, he laid hands on me and now I'm feeling good. She heard the word. Oh, I know that, that, that sometimes there's a lot going on in your house and it's hard to decide that you're going to turn on the computer to watch Bible Ben. Satan does not want you to watch Bible Ben. He don't want you to watch YPWW. He don't want you to come on Thursday night. He don't want you to do none of that because there is power in hearing the word. Listen, listen, I'm done. Hannah, she, she leaves with gladness. She didn't leave pregnant. She left happy. 
That's what the Bible says. She didn't have a baby. See, sometimes we feel like we gotta, the miracle got to happen right now. And if it don't happen right now, then it's not happening. She didn't have no baby when she left. And the Bible says that she went to her husband back where he was. They were in a Shiloh there to celebrate the Feast of Weeks and the Passover. They went to sleep. They woke up. They worshiped. And then they went home. That's what the Bible says. Now, remember I said that going home was 1,100 miles. So nothing was instant in the life of Hannah. All 1,100 miles, she rested on the word of the Lord from the priest. She, she meditated on the word of the Lord. And the Bible says that when she got back to Ramah, she put her faith in action. Where did it say that? It said, and Elkanah knew her. Y'all know what I'm talking about. He knew her. He got to know her. So this was a sad and depressed woman. And she went to the temple crying and asking God for help. The word of the Lord spoke over her life. And she went home and she took that hopelessness. And then she made it into something through her faith. I was uh, in Glendale, Arizona when I, in, in January of 2011. And uh, I had gone, um, I'm a, you, many of you know that I love the University of Oregon. I went there, I love the football. They went to the national championship this year. And uh, I had gotten there and I was excited about the game. Um, I, I, I deal with situational depression, particularly around sports. Elder Smith knows what I'm talking about. You don't? Because you had a bad weekend. All right. <laughs> so I, I, I was there in Glendale. The University of Oregon was playing Auburn University, and we lost by three points. The first time we had ever gone to the national championship in 20 years. And there was something about being there that was so depressing. Like, I didn't know, like, I just wanted to leave. I mean, I couldn't go anywhere. I had to wait till the plane the next day. I had never experienced, like, this level of sadness. It was just like a, a just a sad, it was such a, it was like a heavy blanket over me. And I remember um, all of us sort of walking away from this stadium, thousands of people, and, and, and I was walking, and a guy who was walking towards me, he said, you know there's another season. No. I, see, because everything that I thought was possible was, had to happen in that 60 minutes of the game. It was, I wasn't thinking about next year or the next game or the next opportunity. I was disappointed about everything that had happened. And for me, there was no hope. And somebody that didn't know me said, hey, I know you're sad and disappointed, but you know they're going to play again next year. It's not over. And listen, that's the mindset that Hannah had to have every time she knew Elkanah. She had been taunted and treated poorly by the other woman. 
But she had to know in her heart that there was going to be another season. And I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. I thank God that he um, has delivered me and he has strengthened me and, and, and all those wonderful things. But the thing that I will never forget is that there is never a reason to give up with Jesus Christ. Never a reason. Let me, I, I, my time is up, but let me just read to you Isaiah 61. Let me read to you. Isaiah 61, in just the, the last minutes that I have. There is so much power in the word. And the more you expose yourself to the word, the more you are free from the chain of the enemy, the demonic influence of the enemy. He wants to confuse you. He wants to uh, uh, mess with your focus. He does not want you to come in contact with the word. Listen to what Isaiah said. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is why he said he preached. He said, because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, hope, oil, of joy for mourning, hope. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, hope. That they might be called the trees of righteousness, hope. The planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified, hope. Everyone standing. Jesus loves us so much. There is nothing about us that he does not care about. And he wants to minister to every aspect of who we are, particularly our mind, our heart, our spirit. But he wants us to position ourselves to bring our cups where they can be filled. And so tonight as we pray, I want you to reflect on somebody, one other person that's not here, somebody who maybe they're not saved, or maybe they backslid, or maybe they have fallen out of grace, or maybe they're struggling in life, or maybe they're dealing with depression. I want you to think about that person, and we're going to pray that they would come into the knowledge of the power of Christ through faith and that they would be saved, and that they would know Christ in the pardon of their sins, and if they are saved, that they would continue to expose themselves to the word of the Lord. Father God, we thank you because we realize that you are all-powerful. You are all-knowing. You are the God of all flesh. There is nothing too hard for you. And God, we thank you that you are a healer. You are a healer of schizophrenia. You are a healer of depression. You are a healer of all issues pertaining to mental health. You are a healer. We proclaim that. We declare that tonight. And God, we pray that those under the sound of my voice, those that we are standing in proxy for, Father God, that they might be exposed to the word of the Lord. God, help us to be bold. Help us to be willing, like Eli, to share what thus said the Lord unapologetically, God. 
God position us in the lives of those who are struggling that we might share with them the light of Jesus Christ. And God will be careful and quick to give your name the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. We thank God tonight while you're standing. We thank God tonight uh, for all of you pastors elected not to come tonight and we're going to close out tonight but we want you to be uh, mindful of all the announcements for which have been made by our own elder gilmore we want you to rem remember also 6 a.m prayer um, that is happening here uh, monday through saturday and please uh, come out and pray with the saints along with noon prayer we certainly thank god for our visiting elder that is here with us tonight god bless you thank you for coming again and we're going to dismiss if there be nothing else. Father God, we thank you tonight for your goodness and for your mercy. We thank you for another opportunity to be in your house. We thank you, Father God, for our pastor and leader, for our first lady, and for all those that have joined us online and in person. We pray, Father God, that you would bless us as we leave this place, but not from your presence, and bring us back at the appointed time, ready to worship you and to honor you for the God that you are. We thank you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. What I say unto one, I say unto all. Watch and pray. Live holy every day. God bless you. You're dismissed.